Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! Hey everyone, this is Mike Zeitner with a devotional podcast taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 41 to 51. But before we start, I'd like to encourage you to open your Bible, turn to John chapter 6, and then read the entire chapter to get the context of this wonderful passage. So I'm not going to wait for you. (laughs) I'm just going to suggest that you do that right now before you listen. And now if you've done that, let let me speak to that. So one of the distinctive elements of the teaching of Jesus is the way He expresses important truths in terms of his own personal character and his mission. Unique to the Gospel of John are seven statements that Jesus begins by saying, I am. This phrase, I am, reflects Exodus 3.14, where God introduces himself to Moses with the expression, I am who I am. The statement became a way to connect with God personally and was used throughout Israel's history to convey what God always was, always is, and always will be. In using this expression, Jesus is explicitly identifying himself as God, and he's bearing God's presence on earth. If you read through the passage, you realize that Jesus had been teaching the crowd and his disciples about bread. So I'll start with verse 35 to identify the first I am. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread of life. And now, starting with verse 41, then the people began to murmur in disagreement because he had said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, Isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his father and mother. How can he say, I came down from heaven? Jesus replied, Stop complaining about what I said. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day I will raise them up. As it is written in the scriptures, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has ever seen the Father, but only I, who is sent from God, have seen him. But I tell you the truth, anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever, and this bread, which I will offer, so the world may live, is my flesh. So you know the variety of breads available today and the diverse ways that we might eat bread. Bread's not really a boring food, despite its common nature. Consider the excellent ways you can enjoy bread. How about a perfectly toasted onion bagel with a schmear of cream cheese and lox? Wow, that's delicious, isn't it? Tearing off a chunk of that still warm sourdough bread to sop up the last little bit of clam chowder from your bowl in the restaurant. Wow, that's perfect. 
or maybe a thick slice of brioche French toast with real maple syrup slathered with butter. That's heavenly. The moment that Jesus said bread, his listeners would have been transported back 1,300 years to national history. For each day during a 40-year exile in the wilderness, God would provide bread from heaven to feed the Israelites. This heavenly bread was such a big deal to them that they made a point of celebrating it every year during the Passover meal. And Jesus pointed out in uh, chapter 6, verse 26 and 27, that there are actually two kinds of food. Food for the body, which is necessary, but it's not the most important. And of course, food for the inner man, which they were missing, the spirit, which is essential. So what the people really needed was not food, but life. And life is a gift. Jesus' contrast was that food only sustains life, but Jesus gives eternal life. Today, more than 2,000 years after these words, we're still starving. There's hunger that lies within each one of us, and if we're not careful, we'll look like they did to be filled by something else that can never satisfy. As with all hunger, what is quickest and easiest might not be what is the best. And here's another thought. Something, or excuse me, sometimes you and I really need Jesus, right? We just need him to do something, but he doesn't do it. It could be a job. It could be healing. It could be healing a relationship. So how do we handle that as Christians when he is silent? Does this make Jesus look weak or helpless? After all, he is the same yesterday, today, and, and forever, right? So let me suggest here that in his humanity, Jesus was submitted to the Father's will. He is sovereign God, and he doesn't always do what we expect him to. Sometimes we want healing, or deliverance, or bread. Remember, he also said, I am the resurrection and the life. He had a different intention in mind for the crowd who wanted a miracle. They wanted a sign from him. Maybe they just wanted a free lunch. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Weight of Glory, said, quote, We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Well, these three might not be what you pursue, but a short reflection on what you are most passionate about most likely will. Jesus' bold, bold declaration where he said, I am the bread of life, connects the miracle of the loaves and the fish to the significance of his life purpose. Jesus is the bread of life as he nourishes people spiritually. He satisfies the deep spiritual longings of their soul. And in that sense, those of us who trust in him shall not hunger. Our spiritual longing to know God will be satisfied. Then, uh, finally, in verse 51, Jesus declares, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Wow, what does that mean? <laughs> you can imagine his disciples were probably as confused as Nicodemus was when Jesus told them that he needed to be born again. Well, hang on tight, because in the next few verses, Jesus dives deeper still, and these verses are not the passage that are part of the podcast, but I, I thought we maybe we'd talk about this last bit. 
He says, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day, for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me. Remember that word, abide in me, and I in them. So what does Jesus mean here by eating his flesh and drinking his blood? What should we make of these words today? Well, we might on occasion, just in conversation, use the phrase flesh and blood to speak of family relationships. So, for instance, I might speak of my three sons as my flesh and blood. What I mean there is that they just share my DNA. Could it be that Jesus has something similar in mind? When we believe his words, which lead to eternal life, we become one with him. In, in essence, we abide with him. If you turn to John 15, you'll see a deeper meaning in the context of Jesus' last I am statement. Remember the first statement where he says, I am the bread of life is the first I am. And there are seven of them in John. Well, this is in John 15, the last statement. And this time, Jesus is sitting at the Passover table with his disciples on the eve of his death on the cross. And he tells them, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. And then he gives us a beautiful picture of the kind of relationship that he intends for us. And he says, Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Some of the greatest devotional writers of our time, such as Andrew Murray, Oswald Chambers, and my personal favorite, Leanne Payne, refer to this abiding in Christ as practicing the presence. So what is it that allows the branch to abide in the vine? Well, if you think about it, it's the sap running through the vine, the blood of the vine. When we come to that same table, not the, necessarily the Passover table, but our communion table every Sunday, and we share in bread and cup together, we come as members of the body of Christ. We share flesh and blood. The bread and the cup are tangible signs of that relationship that we have in Christ that unites us to God and to one another. You know, I don't know if John had the Lord's Supper in mind when he wrote the words that we found in John 6, but they do help us understand the deeper meaning of the table. It's not just something we do as a religious ritual on Sunday morning, just a remembrance of an event that took place long ago when a man died on a cross in Jerusalem. It's much more than that. It has to do with abiding with the living Christ who meets us at the table. And if we're receptive to that, he transforms our lives. And then we can experience that which is eternal, that which is abundant. An old family uh, hymn of Lyndon Mine goes like this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. So we lean on Jesus. To eat this bread of life is to put our trust in him. 
Peter reminds us of this in his own confession of faith, faith in the last few verses of this chapter, where he says, Jesus has the words of eternal life. Thanks be to God. You know, when we're hungry, bread satisfies. But God provided bread for his people throughout their history and supplied for them in their greatest need when they couldn't provide it for themselves. But perhaps then it should be no wonder that now at the Last Supper, Jesus speaks to his disciples and to us too, where he says, this is my body, take and eat. What are you hungering for today? Are you looking for the bread that will truly satisfy? If so, pray this prayer with me. Father, you are a good God who gives your children what they need. We ask you to give us today our daily bread, the sustenance for our physical strength, and also spiritual strength as well. Thank you for sending your son Jesus, the bread of life, who cleanses our sin and satisfies our hunger. Amen. 